side joint Ooh, cold side joint Good evening, Amarin. You have been traveling and I have been chasing puppies around the yard. How are you right at this moment? Exhausted, Jesse, much like yourself, Great. I think. Good. Yes. yes. Wonderful. We meet Excellent. each other on an even keel, as they may say. <laughs> yes. I'm going to do my best not to cough in y'all's ears. I'm going to do my best to mute that. But apologies. A, we don't have editors. And B, I'm descending into illness. But... That said, I'm pretty excited to talk about what we have to talk about tonight. I think it's going to be a fun one. I think it's one you're going to be able to guess, but we'll see if my hints are good enough. Before that, I just want a little bit, I want to give you a little bit of the old hot goss on like other things that I've been noticing in the world of cultiness. Okay. Exciting. Namely this, two of the cults that we have already talked about uh, have merged in a way that I didn't foresee, but should have foreseen. Uh, and so I wanted to mention that one of them we covered on the Patreon okay. and then one of them uh, we covered in uh, it was one of your episodes. So now I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> OK. Over, over on the Pates where we talked about, you'll recall, Sister Wives. Yes. So for those of you who, you who are not on our Patreon yet, and I say yet because it is so fun, obviously you're going to roll right over there right now and just jump on the ride. But for those of you who haven't gotten there yet, uh, we covered two episodes, the first two episodes of Sister Wives last season, which Amron had never seen. And yet... Amarin had all the incisive insight into the show to like and not like all the right characters, which it took me 18 seasons to get on the train of liking and not liking. But she saw right through it all, um, which is why she's here. <laughs> what can I say? I love I love to assume that I know what's going on with people and be right 10 percent yeah. of the time. <laughs> oh, I, I think you have a higher, higher number than that. Um Here's what I learned because I listen to other podcasts just about Sister Wives because that's how much I'm into it. Okay. Um, and I learned, which I should have known this too, but I learned that two of the Sister Wives were heavily involved in an MLM, uh, enough oh. so that they each earned a cruise, which requires that you make over 12K a month for three consecutive months with the, the business. So okay. what MLM do you think two of the four Sister Wives were involved in? Could it very possibly be Young Living? That's what I would have thought, too. It's actually Lula Row. Okay. I thought it was like a 50-50 chance that I got this, but I went well, with Young Living ultimately because of the Mormon religious. tie. Yeah, yeah right. you're absolutely so I right. Thought I would, so I think true to the nature of the show. However, that's very fascinating. Okay. Good to know. I'm glad you got the hot goss. But do you know who else is Mormon? Lula effing row. Yeah, they're well, both. Well, it's a there's this thing about scamming people um with some sort of core mentality that mm. shared no, I'm kidding. I'm just making fun of religion now for ha in hashtag not all Mormons. Yeah, no, hashtag just not all religion, to be fair, because we're there yeah. literally everybody is out here neck and neck. But um y'all are fine. He's yeah. not on you tonight, probably. Are we talking about anybody Mormon tonight? We are not. No, we oh, are not. Okay, yeah. so you're off Although, the hook for tonight, Mormons. A very, very much money-oriented group, though, I will say. I'm giving you oh. hints as we speak. Uh, but yeah, on Sister Wives, and it, and then it clicked for me because in the most recent, so it was Mary and Christine were the two Sister Wives who were heavily involved in LuLaRoe, enough to go on the High Earners cruise. 
They were both on a LuLaRoe cruise, which also just blows my mind. Um, Now Christine is in a different MLM with Janelle for like weight loss supplements. Um, But Mary is going so strong in LuLaRoe, which I didn't know what she was talking about. But in the most recent uh, season, Mary is constantly like, well, I have to be near my clothing business and I really have to go over and do my clothing business. And listen, no shade to Mary. She is not a snappy dresser. She, I see. everything I see on Mary, I'm like, please let someone help you. Let anyone, anyone help you. But apparently, so, it, which is to say, I was like, how does this bitch have a clothing business? That's how. Right. It's That's LuLaRoe. How. It's LuLaRoe. Okay. Yep. Now we so, know. Okay. Last, last culty connection, last hot goss, and then we'll move on to the next one. In our last uh, episode where we were talking about, Amarin, who was it? Twin Flames. Twin Flames. I forgot. I buried the lead. I told you at the very beginning that they had a link to Nexium. Oh, and then you I did. forgot. I forgot to tell you what that was, which is this: the douchey, broy, and yet speech and debate guy, uh, leader of of Twin Flames, is obsessed with none other than Keith Raniere. Obsessed with him. Shocking. Okay. Enough so that he forced all of his followers to like watch all the footage they could about Keith Raniere and come back to him with basically book reports telling him why Keith Raniere is really awesome. And when women would come back and be like, yeah, I don't know. It seems like he's got some warning signs. He would just like berate them until they like wrong. Wrong. That's the wrong answer. You dumb dummy. That's a stupid take. (laughs) Why would you tell me that? Got it. Okay. All right. Noted. That's that's the word on the street in cult land, you guys. Um, All right. So as we go into the next one, you know, I like to change it up. So we're leaving the world of sex cults. Although, as I was just saying to Amarin, who's not a sex cult when it comes down to it? Um, true. But here we are. Oh, let me just say this really quickly. Speaking of hot goss and communities, I just I can't reveal the details because it's not my thing to talk about. But I just through gossip alone saved a series of communes through gossip Ah. alone. They connected the right information to the right people for uh, a really important institution that was about to crumble. Like it's crumbling. It was in the mid act of falling in on itself. And it is now restructured due to my gossiping abilities. You're welcome. Hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. Sounds I mean, like you did a great job. Additionally, the specific people that I gossiped to who got it to the right channel. So it was a yes, it was yeah. sort of a the whole telephone gets kudos on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. 100%. So okay. Love feeling to hear pretty it. good about my gossiping skills. Right. Take that, all those people who called me a gossipy bitch back in the day. See, I told you it was for mm-hmm. a purpose. I was yeah. working on a skill. I have a higher purpose. Thank you very much. Okay. It's called vision. Get used to it. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Mm. Okay. Speaking of which, here we come into our new group. So the hint that I have for you involves me singing you a song, which would be, I'm not being obsequious. It would be terrible on a good day. I'm a bad, bad singer to my core. Okay. And now I'm sick, so it's it's definitely demonstrably Double feature. Worse. So apologies, okay. but that's how I have to give you the hint. Are you ready? <clears throat> Pumped. I'm ready. Okay. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. I know that was terrible. Are you in? Do you already know? Oh, keep Your going. Keep going. My oh, hand is raised. I'm sweating. I was Let praising. Let me walk upon the waters. 
In the presence of the Savior. Yes. Take it, Amber. Take it. Spirit, lead me where. Yes, okay, I'm done. Uh-huh. Um, I would like to tell you that this was um, tearfully and passionately sung at my high school graduation. Oh, um, you're so public really, school. I didn't go to a public. What are oh, you talking right. about? Oh, I'm Who sorry. are you talking okay. to right I'm now? I'm sorry. That Not makes the podcast. What's okay. happening? Okay. Okay. Now that I've slammed on the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. Also believable, but I was so shocked by the implication I ever could have gone to a public high school that I had to floor it. <laughs> um, no. So they did play this at the one day a week uh, co-op graduation that I uh, was able to attend and literally only went to this co-op through high school as my mother, I think, w- said at the time, so that I could graduate because like we wanted the experience of me <laughs> walking in a graduation. So it was really all leading to this moment. And they did select this song is what I'm saying. A hundred percent. Also, yes. And, and then you'll never guess the next song. We will not waste time trying to let you guess the next song because it was One Direction's The Best Day of My Life. Edited. <laughs> Edited. And, and I want you all, to, I want everybody to know, and this is the last bit, this was all sung by the class of 2014. So I sang it with my entire <laughs> class. And it wasn't like, it was just the singers. It was literally the class. It was just like everybody in the class had to sing. Everyone was a singer. So anyway, just oh, yeah. paint that picture in your head. And I want you guys to just keep that melody uh, and, and harmony or not up for you to decide in your mind throughout the course of this podcast. I know who we're talking about today, Jesse. Okay. Tell me. <laughs> was do you that want me to tell you or do you? Yeah. yeah well, it I, is that easy with this one. I grew up in the Midwest and here I am. <laughs> Millennial queen, uh, yeah. religious drama, TM. It's Hillsong, baby. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, parent church of the band Hillsong United, I guess mm-hmm. we'll say. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, they're the they're the uh, cheesy Christian music church, I guess. Oh, to, yeah. To, to, to hyper-simplify them into the, yeah. But, like, if you're thinking of somebody, that's probably them. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, a long T-shirt. Mm-hmm. A long T-shirt comes to mind. I don't know why I just uh, that almost just escaped out of my lips. Like I had, I had to say it. I was compelled to tell you long T-shirt. Yeah, it, well, it goes with a maxi skirt. So. Long T-shirt, love that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then like dishwater blonde slash mob wife blonde hair, which mm-hmm. is I don't know which of those. I've been seeing that that's all one color recently, and I'm hmm. not insulting the color because I don't know why anybody would call a color dishwater. I think the color's nice. Um, but I, there's a lot of that color in the church as well. I'm done now with the visual descriptors. Sorry, <laughs> photographic memory. Please proceed. Did you know, here's the first little interesting factoid about Hillsong I'll just give you before I dive in. Did you know that, in fact, the church is named after the band? What? No, Isn't that's a that fun. nuts. I'm so yeah. glad we kicked off with this fact. I <laughs> didn't know that random ass fact. What if your church is named after a band? I'm not even, there's no punchline. That is the punchline. If your church is named after a band, crickets. That's all. I would, I would argue that, you know, for all the um, spirituality that ultimately came out of Hillsong, it might as well have been named One Direction. Amen. And what's hilarious <laughs> is that I kind of thought about setting up some sort of punchline there mm-hmm. whenever I was telling the story. And I you literally saw it and you spiked that volleyball. And I love that. I love that. Great yep. energy to start the show out with. Yes. A volley and a smackdown. Okay. And a serve. Yeah. Okay. You really I don't set know, that I don't up know nice anything about it. volleyball. Yes. Yeah. We should probably play again sometimes so that I can remember what that means. But go on. Let's continue. 
since you've handed me yet another one to spike down, I'm just going to take what you said and say this. I was on an adult volleyball team for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, It was super fun. I was very bad at it. But the person, just to bring everybody full circle, the person who was the head of my adult volleyball team, which I loved, was none other than Melissa, our mutual friend, who is the lead, uh, the worship leader at my sister's charismatic church, where she sang... I would say exclusively Hillsong songs for years. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Hillsong, yeah. very popular song demographic. In I'm our not area. bad about it. I really like Hillsong. They write good music, which. Um, very catchy. Very catchy. They have sort literally like, a. Well, it's a formula. It's a formula. I was going to say sort of like the Ariana Grande of Christian music to me. Like they put out a song and I'm like, it's going to get stuck in my head. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it of substance? Prissy religious Amran asks in 2011. Mm-hmm. She deems Ooh, no. That? She deems no, 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 no. See, always too shallow for me. You deemed that in 2011? Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Yes, I was quite devout. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to get into this because, you know, Hillsong is a church, but as I just told you, it is named after its own band, mm-hmm. um, which I'll, I'll jump. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is kind of why that is. But um, we're, we will talk about their music like Hillsong is for anyone who doesn't know. Hillsong is a mega, mega church. It's the mega mm-hmm. church of the stars at this point. It got like massive amounts of press. First, uh, because they're very good at getting press and they're kind of a juggernaut of social media. But then True. because, um, you know, like they were rotten at the core and they started to like, you know, very rot true. all the way to the outside, like with syphilis. So which is uh, making a resurgence in the U.S. right now. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Dark yet accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're in Paris in the 1600s. Okay. So let's get into it. Uh, Hillsong, art, music, megachurch, Hillsong. In 1977, the year of my birth, Hmm. six years before the establishment of what would become Hillsong Church, a man named Frank Houston founded the Sydney Christian Life Center. So Sydney, we're down in Australia. We're down under. That was bad. I won't do it again. <laughs> Love that. Please keep it up. Okay. Apologies. Apologies. Oh, I, apologies. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's really bad. <laughs> I like it more now. Okay. <laughs> uh, in my mild defense, my grandmother is British. I can sort of do some accents, not this one. All right. In Waterloo, New South Wales, in inner city Sydney, is what was described uh, as a neo Pentecostal megachurch. Okay, so this is six years before Hillsong started. This is 1977. This is Frank Houston's church. It was a Pentecostal church. It was very much like fire and brimstone, old school Mm -hmm. Pentecostal, very speaking in tongues, people falling on the floors, the whole thing that we know. Snake handlers, sands, snakes. Okay. Just a typical, and they were uh, members of Assemblies of God and all of that. So very predictable. So he, Frank here has a son named Brian and Brian has a wife named Bobby. So there's Brian and Bobby there. That's the son and daughter-in-law of Frank. They go off nearby to start a new church, kind of a like little spinoff, little church plant of that one. And that is called Hills Christian Life Center. See how we're getting okay. closer to Hillsong? 
Ah, yes, the dial draws in. Yes, we go over to Hills Christian Life Center. Hills' growth into a megachurch through the 1980s and 90s was largely driven by young people attracted to its contemporary worship music and by its practice of planting churches internationally. In 92, Hills planted London Christian Life Center as an independent church. Uh, It was renamed Hillsong because uh, at, okay, in 99... Um, Frank Houston, the father, the original church guy, um, okay. the fire and brimstone guy, got exposed as a horrible monster, barely even human. We'll get back to him later. Okay. So when okay. that happened, they wanted to, you know, remove him a bit from the brand. Okay. And by yeah. then, Hill Song was their successful band. And so mm-hmm. in the merging of these two churches and wiping out of their hopefully memory and history, they went ahead and called the whole thing Hill Song. Oh, I'm so shocked, as I'm sure you can tell on my totally <laughs> shocked face, that there's mm-hmm. some sort of dark and twisted background to the totally innocuous name of this Christian church. Mm-hmm. Are wow. you? Yeah. Yeah. In, in an assemblies of God setting, no less, with two rich white guys at the helm. Didn't see that How coming? How could this happen in my good Christian suburbs? It's How? rough. How okay. indeed. Well, if I set aside my disbelief for a while, perhaps we can continue down this fraught tale. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So the son had veered off from the father and started his own thing, basically just to do like a slightly hipper version with, as I said, you know, contemporary music as opposed to the hymns that his father's church was singing, things like that. But what he did, what, um, sorry, Brian Houston did, not Frank, Brian. Uh, So Brian Houston is, is, so now Frank kind of folds into the distance. It's Brian's vision moving forward. And what Brian wanted was, in his world words, to take over the world. He wanted, he wanted all of it. And it's hard to parse out how much was like him, because he would say it constantly. Oh, I want us to take over the world. That's what I want. I want us to take over the whole world. He wasn't like shy about that. That was his vision for the church. (laughs) In fact, he wrote a whole essay about it. And it's still like commonly used even in other churches. So wow. um, Okay. Called I, I have it in here somewhere somewhere, but it's called like my vision for the church or something. Oh, the church that I see—that's what it's called. The church oh, that I see. The yes. church that I see. Okay. So, and then he described a church that takes over the world. So we're talking about the '80s. So think back to the '80s uh, in America and the rise of the mega church here, right? So we had like Kenneth Copeland, and we had mm-hmm. um, t- Jim and Tammy Faye, and we had like all of these like mega swindly gigantic all televised churches who were getting everybody recalls gajillions of dollars right kenneth Mm -hmm. copeland is like the richest pastor i guess in the world he has like a bunch of private jets and yeah again just like look super gross but but all of these people are prosperity gospel people right they're all you know and and they're all i can remember i can i don't know if you remember this um because I don't know how far it went up into popular culture, but this mm-hmm. actually I saw because we didn't watch these people on TV when I was a kid, but I had friends whose parents watched it. So I'd see them over at their house. I saw a shit ton of Kenneth Copeland um, mm. and um, 
they would get on the screen and they would say, oh, I'm praying. Oh, somebody out there has back pain. Oh, I pray away your back <laughs> pain right now. You're healed. Yes. But then they would always say, oh, somebody's being called to send a thousand dollars, a thousand. Oh, oh, but brother Bob, I can't I just send twenty five dollars? No, God's calling you. It's you. It's you know who you are. And, you know, so. That's that's what was going on with the mega church movement to wild success for these people. And so yeah, during that time, Brian Houston came over to the U.S., studied all of that stuff, like met with those people, got cozy with those people, like learned all the ins and outs and came back and said to his church, this is what we want to do. We want to be a mega church. We want to go into everybody's homes. We want to be on every single media outlet. We want to be media savvy and we want to take over the world. And Absolutely. so- that is really uh, all happening at the same time that their band is getting really successful and they then merge the church into being called Hillsong. Okay. Well, yeah, this, this was, he had that background coming up to it and then it all kind of coalesced in that happening. Um, another foundational thing that they and other Pentecostal churches use as um, it's like a modern document that they all refer to a lot is called the Seven Mountain Movement. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of the Seven Mountain Movement, no. I hadn't either, but I guess it's it's not as exciting as it sounds, but it's basically like the seven mountainous summits that God wants the church to climb up and, and conquer, right? So the seven okay. so it's not like a movement of people, it's like it's like a diagram you'd put up on a, you know, flow chart like oh, to show okay. people like here's the seven mountains that you're supposed to conquer as a church. And they are media, arts and entertainment, family, religion, education, business, and government. So those are the things that they Normal. feel like. <laughs> well, All it is fully sized mountains, probably right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's normal AF for any church I was a part of. Although oh, I don't, yeah, yeah you know. Like, and it's such a weird, like it's such a weird, especially the government one, you know, because they're so like I hate the government. I don't co-parent with the government. Bloody blah, right. but then they're like, absolutely though, I should be running the government. Me and God, but just I'd my like God to run the government. Just us, That's though, right. me and my God. It's the looks- divine access I have directly to God's will that is granting <laughs> the right, right to say this. Yes. If you're wondering what God looks like, he looks like me. Hello. The show. It's me. The show. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> it's God. How are you? <laughs> um, okay. So that is the origins of Hillsong. And so now here we are up in the 21st century. Between t- 2008 and 2018, Hillsong Church planted more churches in Russia, South Africa, Sweden, Israel, Canada, and Mexico. Hillsong also branched out into the United States, establishing 16 locations by 2022. Um, then... They split with the Assemblies of God. So this is interesting to me. To become an autonomous denomination, identifying itself more as a global and charismatic church. So that was their reasoning for leaving the Assemblies mm. of God, to be more autonomous, autonomous as a denomination. According to both Hillsong and the Assemblies of God, the parting was amicable. Houston wrote, we do not intend to function as a denomination in the traditional sense of the word. We are a denomination purely for practical reasons related to having the ability to ordain our pastors in Australia to legally conduct weddings as marriage celebrants operating under the rights of Hillsong Church. Um, Houston added that they had not shifted doctrinally and that the Assemblies of God was still their, quote, tribe. Hmm. Great use of the word tribe, guys. Loving that. Thank you. 
just toss in a little appropriation while you're at it. I don't sprinkle it on top. Fine. It's it's truly the least of your problems. And I think you know that. So that's manipulative of you, honestly, to just be like, and there's a little bit more offensiveness right on top, just because, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like we aren't going to ignore the other stuff just because of that anyway. Yeah. There's oh, wow. so much. There's so much rich diversity to dive into here. So <laughs> now um, Hillsong really like at the point that they cracked the U.S. bubble, which is really what they were aiming at the entire time, um, wh- which, again, I'm not surmising he talked about it constantly. So right. <laughs> once they like cracked the U.S. barrier, um, they really, again, it was kind of another perfect storm where their band was already so successful. Oh, I'll add here. The original person they had heading up their band was like a huge child star in Australia, which oh. immediately just gave them like a rocket to the top of like media attention and like um, people adopting them as something they want to listen to right away because they're already familiar with the person as a character they loved. So right. uh, very, very like easy way to worm right in there. Note, take note, anyone. If you're <laughs> trying right to now, do this. Uh- co-opt, a, co-opt a vulnerable child. There's... As we know, no one more vulnerable than child stars. No one. This is a great route in, guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nab one. They're a dime a dozen out there. When they're in their awkward teen years, that's when you snap them up, get them on exploiting for adulthood, not just childhood. Not never just childhood. There's still there's something you can tap from those people. Hillsong get it, and Hillsong did. So so now their band is super successful. They crack the U.S. Now they become the most uber hip of the uber hip. So here we are. Oh boy. Okay. Yes. All right. So now they're 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 climbing all seven of those mountains. So Hillsong translated the charismatic church experience, um, the old one where people danced and and hallelujah and spoke in tongues, which emphasizes miracles and personal encounters with the Holy Spirit. They moved that into a hip upscale audience and Mm. and tailored it accordingly so now let's talk a little bit about the universe of hillsong because as i said they're climbing all those mountains so let's get into the music (laughs) first obviously because that's their big thing uh tell me this amarin i i forgot to ask you at the kickoff here when i say hillsong give me just like your your one minute synopsis what comes to your mind is it the music first or is it mega church first or is it scandals what comes to your mind first off when i say hillsong it's, is it that uh, one song? It's not that one song, no, but it is music, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely their music first. Then I think Megachurch. Those are very close together for me. Yeah, um, agreed. And I know about the scandals, definitely. I wouldn't say it's the first thing I think about whenever I hear it, um, but I definitely have heard about some of the scandals in the meantime. Just, of course, you know, anything that you paid attention to in your childhood, you tend to be a little bit more engaged with as you kind of hear news about it. So just in that level, but not on the deep level that I think we're probably going to get a little bit closer to today. Yeah, same for me. You you named it in the same order that I would perceive it. And I think that's true of almost everyone because Hillsong is almost, I mean, it's definitely synonymous with their music. I, I would, I would go out on a limb and say that more people think of Hillsong as a band than as a church. I see. Yeah. I, I think don't know that's if that's probably accurate right. or not, but it's it's at least around 50-50, I, I think, because their their music precedes them and you can certainly access. Well, here's something. I mean, and I think this is 
this has to be true of a lot of people. I sang Hillsong songs as worship songs for at least five years before I knew about Hillsong, before I heard the term. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of people don't even know it to, well, excuse me. I think a lot of people when I was growing up and they were super popular and their music was very inundated in the community, a lot of people didn't really realize it was a church within the youth that I was engaging with, for sure. Right. You're like, this is great music. What a great Christian band. Um, Because they go on tour and not as a church, as a Christian band. I mean, there's definitely an altar call, but like, yeah. Yeah. And I guess for people that aren't that familiar with Christian bands, which I don't, I know that I, I didn't grow up with Christian bands. I know that you were a little bit closer at, in some parts of your life to them, but still pretty far away. Isn't that correct? Petra went to Overall. my church. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is um, like the rock stars of Christian world. That's very good to know. So <laughs> I, um, I would say that maybe for people that wouldn't be as involved in this when they were growing up, it's mm-hmm. very untypical for someone to have a band with their church that goes on tour. That yes. is that, that doesn't really happen with church bands. Like church yeah. bands are very common. I knew yes. tons of people in my life that played in church bands at various yes. ages and various levels of seriousness, depending on what was going on with this church. Yeah. But I didn't ever know anybody that played with a church band that toured, especially not one that was so identifiable with the church. So this is a pretty singular group in the beginning and maybe ends up being a singular group overall. I don't know. We maybe will get into that, but I did just kind of want to call that out for anybody that may not be as familiar with that scene. That's a very very good point and one that I hadn't considered because I am pretty aware of the Christian music scene, especially from that time period, because again, the lead singer of Petra, Greg Vols, uh, was married to our leader's daughter. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, so he was a big part of our church that his kids went to our church. They live up the road now. You know? <laughs> like I'm right. And because of that, like uh, some of the people in our church wrote songs for Petra and for other groups. And there was a recording tr- studio in some of our church's houses and, and recorded stuff for those groups. So anyway, I'm, I am actually aware of that. And I cannot think of a single church band that went touring a tr- church band. I can't <laughs> think of one ever. I'm, I'm not saying there wasn't one. But my point is, I can't think of one. And I do have a fair amount of knowledge about that scene. So yeah, uh, so you're right. Absolutely. It is very singular. So I I say that to say, like, there is nothing more Hillsong than their music. The music is more Hillsong than Hillsong is, which is why I'll say again, their church is named after their band. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. All right. So getting into that, through the 1980s and 90s, the congregation grew from 45 members to nearly 20,000 members and emerged as a significant influence in the area of contemporary worship music. Uh, this was a result of strategic marketing. Um, that targeted younger generations and Hillsong's success at establishing itself as a, as a global music standard. Hillsong Church has produced over 40 albums, which have sold over 11 million copies. I think that's an old article because later I have that they've sold over 16 million albums uh, and they earn over $100 million a year. Just the band, not My the church. goodness gracious. To which I say, fuck yeah, Hillsong. (laughs) Way to get after it. Maybe we should start a Christian band. (laughs) Stack that bread. Um, Yes. So I I just posted a meme this week that was like a guy going to heaven and the the angel guy is. Did you see this? The angel guy. I showed it. Yes. To several people. Yes. He's like, hello, welcome to heaven. Please enjoy our music. And the guy looks around. He's like, wait a minute. 
this is all Christian rock. And the angel pulls off his mask and he's Satan. <laughs> it's the devil instead. Yes, <laughs> I freaking love that meme. And also perfectly echoes. I'm glad you bring it up because it literally perfectly echoes how I genuinely felt like the reality of things were whenever I was a young Christian and Hillsong was popular. <laughs> oh, man. I fell for Hillsong, but I love a worship song. I can't help it. I still like Hillsong's music. Why wouldn't I? It's scientifically made to be liked. All right. So that's so fair. It's really not my fault. I can't fight science. I know you people, yeah. there are people who think they can, but they're incorrect. Uh, Hillsong's worship music has been widely influential, not only in Pentecostal churches, but more broadly in evangelical churches. Many of Hillsong's worship expressions have been incorporated into evangelical services, as we just said, including, oh, that's what, so they're saying their worship expressions as it, well, this is kind of silly. So this article is saying many of Hillsong's quote, worship expressions have been incorporated into evangelical services, including raised hands, vocal utterance and dance. Cut. Bullshit. That's been around churches for a hundred years. Yeah, I don't know what they mean by that. Yeah, Hillsong thing. didn't quote that. Wish I had the article source for that. I'd call them out. <laughs> That's wrong. Incorrect. Very weird. But yes, but point made still, though, if you are at a Hillsong, let me just tell you guys, this isn't a visual medium. But the second that I started singing that Hillsong song, Amarin put her hands up in the air, which Hell I thought yeah, she was raising her hand because she knew. But no, she was in worship. Pose. I was That's in worship good. with you naturally. Yes. No, I'm mm -hmm. kidding. <laughs> but yes, I was very locked in. So I will say here, um, their songs are scientifically built to make you cry. Um, that's a very specific progression of chord structures that are made to pull big evocative emotions from you. Um, the way that their music like crescendos and decrescendos, like swells and swells, gets quiet, swells and swells. Those are cre Those are to make emotions inside of you. I'm interested in, well, maybe we'll have this debate at the end of this um, in... This is this is a criticism that people always have of church music, that it's manipulative because the chord structure is made to manipulate feelings to be mm. evoked in you. Um, it's my stance that that's fine and it's what I came there for. <laughs> but uh, yes. some people find that problematic and I do understand why they do. I, I get what they're saying. I just actually disagree that I'm it's a problem yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down I'm down like to see that happen please and thank you no I definitely feel the same I'm a person that's there for the sensation on some level I think that that yeah I think that I totally get that mm -hmm. yeah thank you thanks for concurring with me um all right um Hillsong United was uh that's kind of the so there are different branches of Hillsong there's Hillsong United and that was kind of the worship ministry that used the the music a lot but it was the the worship front um their song Oceans, which is the one that I was of singing course. earlier, Where Feet May Fail, was number one on the Billboard Hot Christian Songs list for a full year. Wow, it was number one for a full year. Listen. Oh my God. I like that song. Amarin, do you dislike the song? No. I when I I don't think you can dislike the song. I think the people That's say what I'm that, the people that say that they don't are lying, like you're saying. <laughs> and I I think it's like really hard not to like it. I think this is a good moment for me to say that the reason I 
was against this music at the time that I was is because the religious music I listened to was hymns, only hymns, like yeah. really, really, really old hymns. Mm. So for me, like there was never even musical instrument. It was literally, it was considered maybe too flippant with religious music for people to play like a stringed instrument, like a guitar or a mandolin in like a lighter fashion than pure acoustic reverence, like near classical performance, right? So Mm -hmm. it was very like, there was music was an important part. Singing was in a very important ritualistic part of what was going on, but it was a very sacred thing. And Mm -hmm. and something like it, something that could be on a chart, if you will, could Uh never be sacred with the groups that I was hanging with at the time. Um, However, I did have lots of friends who were mainstream evangelical, like I've talked about that I was going to orchestra or school with, you know, like one day a week or something like that. And they loved this song. Obviously they played it at the graduation. And I always thought it was like one of the few good ones, to be honest with you, because again, no one can like this. No one can dislike the song. No, unless they just hear it too much, which is fair. You can't hear it too much. That happens (laughs) many times in life. Definitely. They love it so much. They play it all the time. They really here listen to these stats on just this song. Uh, their song "Oceans Where Feet May Fail" was number one on the Billboard Hot Christian Songs list for a full year. It was number one song on the Billboard Christian Songs chart in 2014 and 2016. Number two in 2015, and the number one song of the 2010s decade. Yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, that's it. so. My church, uh. We did not sing hymns at all. Now, I love the kind of church you're describing, and I've attended mm-hmm. many of them, and I feel very yes. sacred and good in them. I love that. But my church that I grew up in never once had even a hymnal in it and considered hymn singing to be like of a dead religion. Like it's not, right. it's rote, and we're supposed to be in active current uh like god's supposed to be like singing through us while we're singing at all times not that you wouldn't right. have that i guess with hymns but we're supposed to be so we're that's why we're always falling on the floor right because we're just like we're right. so and so a hymn a hymn is too memorized we have to be like so absolutely yeah so um that was our that was our jam but it all came out it all came out the same in the end so it sure did <laughs> new york times describes their music as quote ornate mainstream arena rock but with god only lyrics that are vetted for adherence to theology i think that's a really like we could just end this here i think that really sums up vetted song for music mm. vetted for adherence so i'll say that quote again ornate mainstream arena rock but with god only lyrics that are vetted for adherence to theology Perfect. Mm-hmm. Also, this is interesting. They cranked out so much. Now, again, they're a juggernaut, especially with their music. And they True. have a constant rotating of members of the band. It kind of chewed people up and spit them out, partly because they were constantly working and touring and performing. Uh, and people just couldn't physically do it for very long. Um, but they were churning out so much music. Something that they did was test their songs on their churches every week. They would write new songs every single week. And then you'd hear new music in the church every week and you'd be like cool but i mean that's cool but they were actually test you're like their demographic <laughs> they're exactly like testing your responses on that so 
that's Hillsong United. That's the that's the main front wave of the of the band and the church. Hillsong Young and Free was launched to attract post millennial youth worshipers. So they just they just target every different like demographic and like make a wing for it and then like bleed those people dry too. Um, and I, I like they're again they're still in the prosperity gospel, right? So yeah. when I say they're bleeding people dry, I'm not anti church. I love churches, but um, this is this is a mega church and it is about that money in the biggest way it could possibly be. Yeah. I'm not even mad if you're about that money, but you should go be a stripper. You shouldn't exactly like, something more lucrative. Well, not necessarily more lucrative, but certainly not morally sound. Yeah. It is more morally sound to go be a stripper because you're being straightforward. So take a, a million note from percent. me. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, so with that music, their targeted demographic included uh, electronic dance music. So there's a whole chapter of Hillsong hey. electronic dance music for the youths. Naturally. Um, then there are many, many other branches, because don't forget those seven mountains we have to climb. So there's Hillsong's various ministries, including Hillsong Music, Hillsong Kids, Hillsong Youth. Hill- this sounds a little like all the Nazi Hillsong programs. Hillsong Youth? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. We Sounds- need to stop. I didn't know they had a branch called Hillsong Youth. No it's one had branding. So you vetted your song lyrics against <laughs> theology, but nobody vetted your freaking children's wing against Nazism. Oh, jeez. Let's, let's take this moment to all put our hands in the air. Oh, no. You're so right. <laughs> or maybe just one if your other hand is holding a Bible. Hmm. I'm just saying suddenly I'm feeling very eye-narrowy about some things. But, okay, no yeah. one thought about that. That's super bad branding, guys. Jeez. Yeah, no, it really is. It's is it hot in here? Is it? Whew, okay, I got worked up. I'll say that much. Yeah, <laughs> bad, bad, bad branding. Hillsong Youth, Hillsong Sisterhood, Hillsong Men, Hillsong. <clears throat> catch my breath. Hillsong Conference, Hillsong City Care, Hillsong International Leadership College, TBN Inspire, which is the branded Hillsong Channel TV channel, um, Hillsong Performing Arts Academy, and the Hillsong Healthcare Center. <laughs> Uh, their wow. total facilities are estimated to be worth around a hundred million dollars. Okay. In late, yeah. In late March, 2022 network 10 removed Hillsong produced television programs from its schedules because that was around, we're looking at 2022. Now some of their skeletons are starting to right. perambulate out of their closets. So 2022 is when they start getting pulled from some social media stuff. So, okay. So here's the Hillsong conference. Hillsong conferences are a mid-year week-long annual conference in Sydney, London, and New York. Uh, they first started in 1986 and have grown to be the largest annual conference in Australia. It's described as a kind of electric, almost carnival a- atmosphere. The delegates were full of anticipation and excitement. Uh, it was once held in 2020, in 2014, sorry, in Madison Square Garden, just to give you an idea of how big it is. The tickets were $500 a person, not including, that's just to get you in the door. That's not your food or your stay. And, okay. Uh, don't forget you're buying like a shit ton of swag while you're there. So let's see. <laughs> it's like the Disney experience, but they're doing religious stuff. For God. For, for God. God. Disney yeah. for God. Disney for God. God. Disney, Perfect. another corporation tied up with the Nazis. All ah, right. True. It's not our fault, you guys. We don't make the rules here. 
Uh, media appearances. September 2016, the documentary Hillsong Let Hope Rise came out. The film explores mm-hmm. Hillsong's beginnings and its rise to prominence as an international church. The focus is on the band Hillsong United as they write their songs. Oh my gosh, I'm just realizing as I read this, I watched that. Yeah, because I, I did came too. out in 2016. Uh, right after my husband left me and his cute little baby and I was desperate and grasping for God faux show. And so I definitely watched that from like a red box DVD and it made me cry. And I was like, if my husband could just see this, he would stop with the cocaine and the whores. It's probably not true, but I wish it was. I wish it was. One of his sisters has the lyrics to that song tattooed on her body. So he's definitely been exposed to the music it hurts but it probably isn't going to do it yep that's yeah. totally fair that's totally no shade fair. on the tat no shade on the tat it's a good song <laughs> so. yep uh, all, all fair. right here we are at hillsong sisterhood although hillsong generally supports the traditional roles of wife and mother for women the church's position is that their ministries quote empower women more on that later um <laughs> The ministry's increased women's choice regarding uh, around sexuality and child rearing. Okay. Encouraged women to start small businesses and to take on promotions at work. Facilitated women's participation in cultural events, as well as promoted women's voices in religious teaching and public life. Okay. I'm going to pause right here and say, here is what I think is happening here. Because I just listed a bunch of things that sound really good. And I Mm -hmm. think that Hillsong is an organization made by morally bankrupt people who are rotten at their cores, who are there for the money, and whose intentions are absolutely not to, like, I think their explicitly stated intentions are to strong arm enforce the patriarchy and also make themselves really wealthy. Now, their Mm -hmm. demographic is um, hip, young people, all of whom would like everything that I just read. So- I, it's interesting. I just read all of that and it feels both awesome and disingenuous. And so my suspicion, I, I don't even, I'm sure this is how it's laid out. I would guess the people making these programs and most of the people into, like participating in these programs mean what they say and are, are working for women's rights and doing all of these great things. Right. Um, but they're doing it in an institution, which from the top down is corrupt. Right. Um, and so it's a little bit haunted or destined to fail. And also your skeleton that allows your parts to move has stricter rules and ideas than you do. And so it's not going to yeah. let you that far. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. And I do think that there are, I don't know, we've talked about this so many times and I don't want to discount kind of as you are pointing to as well the genuine effort that definitely happens in groups like this, where they are definitely trying to make a difference and may successfully improve some people's lives within their group. But you're so right that because they're within this patriarchal, if you will, machine, sorry to say something negative about men, uh, but because they do exist within this, this negative space that is historically precedential, not a lot can be done on a macro level for the kind of issues that they're going to be running into cyclically here. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, shout out to Hillsong Sisterhood, which by the way is attended and staffed by only female members. Very nice. Very good. Um, You know, they're just, you're only going to get so far in your tether here. 
um, which is a bummer for y'all. But interesting, just just interesting, because like, again, like, they say so many things that sound somewhat radical um, and f- definitely progressive and forward thinking. And yet their their founder, who's alive and well and has his finger in all the pies, uh, is against, a, a explicitly against all of these things, it, against yeah. them, not even neutral about them. <laughs> uh, but again, like their demographic is people who believe this way. Yeah. So it's an interesting, it's a weird dichotomy going on there. Um which I think probably could not have lasted forever. All right. Hillsong City Care. In 1986, a social engagement program called City Care was established in the New South Wales offering, uh, oh, in New South Wales, not the, I can speak a little better than that. I don't have to have been to Australia <laughs> to know that. Offering various community services, including personal develop, development programs, counseling services, a health center, and youth mentoring. City Care's, quote, street teams. Oh, trigger warning for me. City Care's, quote, street teams worked within the community to care for, feed, and clothe the homeless. Again, all good things. Hmm. Um, Let's see. They ran into some problems. Community concerns included that the program is, quote, inappropriate for troubled young women, that the underqualified facilitators are, okay, because who are the facilitators? They're just youth group members off the street. Like, they're not, they're just kids. They're youth group members. Um, inappropriate for troubled young women that the underqualified facilitators are reinforcing gender stereotypes and that some parents have not been properly informed that the program encourages girls to be subservient by teaching them that they need to be attractive to men. Not great. No. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, Hillsong denied that the program had been used for evangel for evangelism. So they were, they were proselytizing, but they were like going into public institutions and doing it under sure the guise were. again of like, here's some toothpaste. Did you know that you should be subservient to men or God won't love you? So they denied that they were evangelizing, but a teacher's federation representative insisted that children had been exposed to religious content, such as people relating stories about finding religion and joining the Hillsong Church. Boy. So. There it is. And then the last thing is their college. They have a whole ass college. Um, it's and not cheap. Good. No. <laughs> the end. Thank you for coming. Um, wow. All right. So two little things I'll touch on here and we're, we're coming toward the, the tail end of our first half of this discussion. Um, thing number one, their college, just quickly, you could go on and on. You should. There are two documentaries about Hillsong and there is just no reason for y'all not to go watch both of them. There's just no reason. True. Um, and there's a lot of discussion in there about the experience of, of the college, um, mm. almost entirely by young women who just across the board, like, keep getting sexually harassed and keep getting attacked. And the church keeps blaming them and literally saying, like, well, what Ugh. were you wearing and what did you do to deserve this? And sounds like it was your problem. And are you sure you right. weren't drunk? And just like it never ends. Um, another thing that they do when you go to the college is they sit you down for a really invasive intake. And this is I I mean, they tell you it's coming, but this is part of it. This is part of the college intake. It asks you every detail of your sexual history, your Ooh. drinking history, your drug history, all of these things. And, you know, these are if you're going to a Christian college, you're pretty devout and you're yeah. not coming in there to lie. Right. No. And no, so not. person after person is like, I felt ashamed of what I'd done, but I didn't want to lie. Right. So, yes. I mean, yeah, you could come in there and, and lie, but I, I don't think 
99% of people going into a theological situation are going to lie. Like that no. defeat. Why are you even there then? What's there's no point in your being there. So they'd come in and then they'd, you know, confess whatever. And this, there was one girl in one of the two documentaries that was talking about, and lots of girls talk about this, but one girl that caught my attention said, um, you know, she had been sexually assaulted and she's telling a woman you know, I haven't had, I've only had one sexual experience and I didn't want to. And I kept saying no. And the Mm. woman was like, okay, well, you've confessed your sin. So God forgives you. Oh, and so she, and so the girl was so relieved because she didn't get quote redlined because if you're too bad and you drank or you had sex, you get fucking redlined, which means you have to take a bunch of classes on how not to be a dirty whore. Right. Um, And so she didn't get redlined and she was so happy and relieved, but she walked out being told she was forgiven. And it was like years later when she was like, wait a minute. I don't need to be forgiven for anything, come to think of it. Yeah. And thanks, woman who like, Mm -hmm. yeah, even more so owning a woman's body should have have known. Yeah. So here's another interesting thing that I don't think your church should ask of you. Uh, after so it's four year degree. So after two years, when you get into your uh, your junior and senior year, you can't uh, enroll in school until you sign an NDA. Oh. Hmm. What? Oh. Yeah. So the reason okay. you don't hear much about their college and the difficulties inside of it is, and again, I'm not saying their college is just evil, but it's exceedingly sexist. It's basically an assemblies of God institution, which is like right. just the epitome of the fucking patriarchy, like in action, the embodiment of the living, walking, crawling, snarfling patriarchy is, you know, <laughs> like a, a college. So, you know, girls are having terrible experiences, but the vast bulk of them can't talk about it because you cannot attend your last two years until you sign an NDA. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Also, they require all of their students to work massive amounts of time for free for their college campus, um, which is like a required part of their attendance and getting their grades. So also Mm -hmm. not cool, also exploitative, but we'll come back to that later. All right. So now last topic before we, oh, sorry, one last thing. And then I will switch over. I just wanted to mention the street teams. I'm going to circle back to that for a second because it caught my eye. So city care, their city care program had street teams, which tell me if your youth group did this because, okay, I have not attended a mega church, nor will I ever. However, when my culty church broke up, some of the people went into a church that was then called Rolling Hills here. And Rolling mm-hmm. Hills eventually grew into the mega church that is in our area. Okay. So I went to the evangelical precursor to what is now a mega church. Mm-hmm. Which was also very Hillsongy and all of those things. And we had like the world's most misogynistic youth group leader. I could go on and on. Um yeah. Women, let me say this, women died in that church trying to be perfect and obedient enough. So Mm. there you go. Um, Yeah. uh, It wasn't, it wasn't the best. (laughs) Also, I ran into a guy, I went to their Christian school as well. um, And I ran into a guy that I went to their Christian school with as an adult a couple years back. And I ran into him at a bar. I don't even drink. I was just like getting fries or something. And he was like, oh, my gosh, Jesse. Hey, remember me from Christian school? And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, good to see you. And he was like, yeah, oh, boy, I did cocaine for a long time, but not anymore. Whew, I'm I'm way better now. All's well. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that's good. I'm glad you're good. And he was like, yeah. So glad no, but, to hear that. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, 
like, yeah, no, but like, but do you have any cocaine? No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I sure don't because I also don't oh. do cocaine, just like you. Yeah. Mm. Can't afford it. Mm. Have panic attacks on a normal day. It's just I don't so know fair. So many reasons. Um, <laughs> no, my my would say one. I'm going to answer your direct question, then I'm going to actually over answer your question because no, my youth group did not do any type of um, outreach. And two, I didn't ever have a youth group because my church was so intense that there was no such thing as a youth group or even a children's section of church. It was everybody together all the time. So um, we, and we, but we did not believe, even though we definitely were condescending to people in the outside (laughs) world, to be very clear, um, we did not believe that we were better than people like on the streets, if you will, which, you know, overtly, no one's going to tell you that they think that, um, but we didn't we like fully did not practice the doctrine of like going out and giving people scripture and being like, well, believe in God. And then things are really going to turn around. Like we didn't think that would work when I was growing up just as a no. Exactly the same for my church. Didn't have children's church, didn't have youth group, would not have ever been so egotistical as to do any of that shit. Absolutely not all the same. Identical. And that is the theology I agree with. But then as a young teenager, I got shuffled. Our church broke up. And so we Mm -hmm. we shuffled over to this like, you know, seedling mega church. And it was super gross. I was, Mm. I don't have, I don't have any glowing reviews of that church. Um, But but that was exactly the kind of church that had street teams. And I was a teenager. I was in the youth group. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm on the street team now. So we uh, we would go out in the downtown area. Oh, it's just it's just heart wrenching to think about. And we would like accost people who were like mm-hmm. sitting in the, you know, just like hippies hanging out or like people on a date or like homeless people. We would just like they'd we'd all get out of the van and we'd go accost people and we would witness to them and like oh my gosh if they had god forbid they had like a crystal hanging around their neck and we would oh boy oh let's get that off of you brother that's satan right there and i remember i remember being in a a teen pack and we were like what what do you do with that crystal what do you do with it what what do you do like and the dude's like just a i like it and we were like wear it "Mm -hmm." yeah no we know like just we know exactly what you do with that crystal mr man so gross and embarrassing fact I, and this will negate your karma because we're friends. Thank you. Uh, I harass these people in the streets that you're speaking of. Now, because of our, like, we weren't doing this at the same time, so I never harassed you in the streets, but I I actively, this I'm, I'm not joking. I was, and this is not a brag in terms of my humility or morality because I truly also thought that I was better than these people, which is no sure. better than thinking you're better than anybody else, to be totally fair. Yeah. Um, but I was fully like, I am better than these people. So I would go up and try to engage them in like deep moral battles over philosophy and theology. Uh-huh. And yeah. then I'd be like, but actually, sir, you are the center and you <laughs> are the one. And I would get, I think my father made me this way. And I would just harass them <laughs> for like hours on end and, and sometimes truly chase them out of the Springfield City Square. So, <laughs> oh, I uh, Definitely chase people out. Yes. Oh, oh. Babe, I know you do that now. And I want to speak to you to say that Desi really does not need me to negate her karma because she is constantly out there harassing hooligans when they need to be harassed. So, And I mean religious hooligans, not anybody well, else. 
Yes, those people well, now. I'm on the other also. team now, but oh, yeah. But I mean, boy, when we got out of that van, people would scatter, <laughs> and rightly so. Good oh, God! <laughs> then we'd all go back and high five each other. We'd always have pizza. Oh, we're afterwards. righteous, brother. We're so righteous. Oh, yes, we're so we Bless even though. Being- yeah, we sacrificed ourselves. Like, oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, it was horrible. Okay, so yep, nope. Street teams. Shout out to youth street teams. Ugh, uh, <laughs> we see you and we judge you. That's all. Oh my gosh. I yeah, but even at the time, I was like, this feels so gross. But I guess Fair. I'm supposed to. Blah. All right. So okay, let's see here. Back to Hillsong worship just a little bit. So now they're kind of perfecting. So now we're coming into what I like to call the rise of hip, right? So now we're coming into like uh, the 2000s. Okay. Starting right around at 2000 and and just skyrocketing up as as we noted with that song being the, the best song of the 2010s. Yep. So coming on into the 2000s, they made Hillsong music basically mainstream. Um, they made an agreement with Warner Music Australia that that took place in 1999. And then Sony Music Australia also signed with Hillsong Music. In 2018, Hillsong Worship won its first Grammy Award for Best Contemporary Christian Music Performance. Um, wow. Yes. So let's see. I, I taped a note in here. Let's see what it says and why I put it here. Pentecostalism, a charismatic movement, often features practices like speaking in tongues and faith healing. Hillsong took a more accessible approach. Oh, right. Yeah. This is why I taped this in here. Mm. Um, Always attuned to mass appeal, the church accentuated personal encounters with God, often through music. Hillsong became its own denomination in 2018. Okay. So the reason I I said it in the quote earlier, when they left Assemblies of God and became their own denomination, basically it freed their money to be entirely their own with no dues to Assemblies of God. It Mm. also freed them up from any like oversight from Assemblies of God because they were wildly misspending their money and they were wildly mistreating their their members. And they also, don't forget, had some horrible scandals that we haven't even gotten to yet. That's all for next week. Um, So... um, so that's why they disbanded with um, Assemblies of God, but they don't forget they're still their tribe. And so that's nice for them. But they re-became their own. So Hillsong is now its own denomination legally. And as they said in that in that speech earlier that I kind of glossed over, that's so that they can legally like marry people and, and hmm. participate in legal religious rights. You have to have a de- denomination to do that, or at least in Australia you do. So let's see. So they had the spectacle of their huge conferences, the popularity of their music releases, young people's attraction to the charismatic leaders, Hillsong Television, its messaging and language, which is all about health and wealth, um, customer service, targeting of children, presence on social media and merchandising. Now we come to Carl Lentz. Are you familiar with the name or no? That's okay. I am familiar with the name Carl Lentz. I know him. He's a pastor and he wears those long shirts. I was talking about. <laughs> He's the guy I think of when I think of Hillsong. Why am I still singing? So uh, Carl Lentz is the <laughs> main Hillsong. person. Yeah, no, straight up. That was a weird little slip. <laughs> but I, just, I literally felt that I could not stop singing for a second there. And it was a little scary for me. Yeah. It was like that red shoes fable. I did not like it. I could not stop singing. But <laughs> I do know Carl. Carl is actually, I'm going to give him a, just a small shout out one of the more attractive guys that people hype up for being a charismatic, attractive cult leader type. He's, Can't fault it. 
not ugly. I'll give him that. And I just, I feel we have to give credit where credit is due. Now, when it comes to his soul, the man is ugly. Let's tarnished. Yeah. Tarnished. He's a bad dude. Lintz is an interesting character and we're going to get into the bulk of his scandal next week. So I won't, um, mm. we won't get deep into it here. Um, or maybe we will. It looks like I <laughs> have more than I thought, but we're, we're rounding oh. up. <laughs> hey, uh, we're almost there. Um, I'm excited. He, he is a flawed, listen, he's a flawed human being for sure. A hot one. A hot, he's a hot flawed and flawed human being. Human what being. can I say? <laughs> So there was some like talk show host that like he walked around with famous people a lot. He was very ripped. He walked around without a shirt on next to Justin Bieber, who also didn't have a shirt on a lot. Somebody said in one of the the promos that he was in a bunch of pictures with Justin Bieber and he made Justin Bieber look bad, which is actually true. true. Yeah. But he there kind was- of looks like Justin Bieber maybe hoped he would look when Justin Bieber grew yes. up, if the, I'm I being would- honest with you. That's Which I'm, exactly. I, that's not hate on Justin Bieber, but like I was so no. sunk on like Justin Bieber at like 12 and I wish yeah. I was kidding. But like, like every other girl my age was, I think this is like the second or third time I've talked about this on this podcast for some reason. <laughs> Absolutely floored by young Jay Biebs in the bowl cut. However, Carl Lentz truly, I know exactly the photos you speak of. Yeah. Um, not because I'm some kind of creep or anything, but I do know exactly the photos that you speak of. So there was some shock jock that was like talking about one picture in particular where his shorts are way, way, way down. Uh-huh. I know the one. Mm-hmm. All of his veins and everything happening in the shock jock. Was happening. Like, he was like, a man showing dick root wants you to think about fucking him. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So this is Carl Lentz is straight up the pastor that wants to fuck. He DTF. He is DTF, which actually is what the scandals are around. Uh, <laughs> if we had to summarize him, it would be DTF. <laughs> he is. He's not just down. He he will. He has, in fact, just straight up fucked. Like not his wife. So there hey. lies. It's complicated. <laughs> I will say this: I actually see a lot of the reason why Carl Lentz is likable. Yes, he is charismatic. Yes, he is a great performer. Yes, he uh, has been out as a liar and a hypocrite. Um, however, I get the feeling and I could definitely be wrong because I understand he is acting a part that he is also like um, genuine in a lot of his beliefs and affectations um, and also just like not good at following through with his own belief structure. So it's, it's, he shouldn't be a leader. However, there are things that I, I feel like are authentic about him that I like. So People are more than one thing. Not me. I'm just all great. But other people. Fair. All right. So let's see. Lentz grew up in Virginia and then attended Hillsong College in Australia. He was Houston's assistant and eventually became his shining star. Basically, Houston saw Lentz, understood. Houston is good at uh, cashing in the money. He very much understood that he himself, Houston, who's still very much the leader of the church, is impossible to brand as young and hip, which is what he's trying to make his American churches, especially mm-hmm. his American churches, right? Right. And so he very quickly sees Carl and understands this guy is my ambassador to America. This guy mm-hmm. is young and hip. I'm going to make him the face of the American churches, the forefront of Hillsong out there. Um, and this guy is going to go be the leader out there. So so Carl Lentz was, in fact, he's from Virginia. Um, so unlike mm-hmm. a lot of the Hillsong leaders, he is not Australian. Um, but he did go to the Hillsong College in Australia and then um, 
get kind of sent back here as the ambassador. He is uh, known as the hype priest. Uh, he, let's see, GQ ma- magazine called Mr. Lentz a hype priest to reflect his trendy wardrobe, which included aviator glasses, skinny jeans, and designer sneakers. I'm going to add dick root. Long shirts, I say one more time. Long <laughs> shirts. He spoke frequently about racial inequality and in 2016 declared his support of the Black Lives Matter movement, which I, again, I'm not I don't give a fuck if you are being disingenuous and I don't think that you are because that was a listen I said something about I said Black Lives Matter at my farmer's market and somebody videoed it and I went viral and people threatened to kill me to murder me and they found out where I lived in my Mm -hmm. house and I work at a farmer's market so I don't actually think that you would say Black Lives Matter if it didn't matter to you to say it on that kind of a platform and he did so I'm going to prop him up for that. A lot of people wouldn't fucking say that. Um, and it's true. I have like an Arya Stark type every night I read it list of the people who wouldn't say that Black Lives Matter when they fucking should have. And he mm-hmm. said it. So, you know, true. I'm, I'm not going to discount that about him. But that Credit. takes me back to what I think about Carl Lentz, which is that I think he is the demographic that Hillsong is targeting in America. He is part of that demographic. He genuinely believes Black Lives Matter. That makes perfect sense to him. He doesn't need that explained to him. Um, You know, does that mean that he is perfect? Certainly not. But he isn't the old guard uh, who is assemblies of God and Pentecostal and like grip on the patriarchy. Carl Lentz behaves like a part of the patriarchy, but he actually doesn't like uh, iron fist that in his followers the way that his superiors do you know so it's fair yeah. i do i do have to say and i maybe i'm just being health healthily skeptical but i do have to say it marketing wise and financially benefits him not to be old guard um the yeah, sentiment yeah. shifted a lot around um around just how we approach christianity i think with the younger crowd and i think his demographic was youth um, but I still think that drawing lines like saying Black Lives Matter matters with even a youth population of Christians. I definitely don't think it takes away from that. Um, but I do think at times it was to his benefit to market towards more of a youth culture and the ideals and belief systems that maybe were more in popularity. Of course. Even if they course. didn't align with the older church, probably. Which he was consciously doing. And that's why it's so oh, difficult yeah. to parse out where I go like, oh, I want to like him. But like, I get that he was selling right. something. But like, I also think he believed a lot of it. But like, he was <laughs> conscious that he was a sell. So it's it's tough. It's tough yeah. to pin that guy down. It's and true. it's not necessarily our job to pin him down. He can be the person that he is. But I just I just think that he is um, uh, a multifaceted character, uh, not Certainly. just not just bad. So, although also bad. All right. So Lentz of Hillsong was a charismatic, larger than life figure. He spun yarns about he how he baptized Bieber in the New York bathtub of the basketball veteran Tyson Chandler in the middle of the night. Yep. That's a thing. They talked about it constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, his marriage to Laura, a fellow pastor whom he met when they were student students at Hillsong's training college in Sydney, was part of the mythology mythology so his wife laura was actually like way up in the hierarchy as well Mm -hmm. so it's very much like an arranged political marriage although i think they loved each other but uh he didn't love her enough we'll get there um (laughs) he is here are so okay so now we've got him running around with justin bieber all the time we've got him wearing a shit ton of louis vuitton again in one of the two documentaries there's a guy who starts a website of just pastors wearing extremely expensive sneakers 
to point out like, hey, what? Hey, you guys are tithing. This guy has $1,000 shoes on. And right. so he outed like Carlin's wore a shit ton of fucking Louis Vuitton. He fucking loves Louis Vuitton. He was wearing a different pair of $1,000 sneakers all the time. And so like that shit's not cool. That no. I don't and, Again, you could get into the discussion of like, okay, but then like, where's the line? Can he wear regular Nikes or should he only wear sandals? Like, where's the line of, you know, what, what is too much and what's surplus? And can the guy have a Louis Vuitton sweatshirt if he likes to like, yeah, but maybe not 50 of them. So, you know, like that's a discussion to be had, but it isn't a discussion that he was on the wrong. He jumped the shark. He, he was on the other side of wherever the line might be amorphous, but he was on the other side of it. So yeah, that's not okay. Also. um, So here are a couple of the famous people who went to his church in New York, Lenny Kravitz, Selena Gomez, Kendall Jenner, Kanye West, a bunch of NBA players, Bono, the Hugh Jackman family. These are just some of the people that went to his church. So guess what? His church and then other Hillsong churches had a VIP section. Normal. Ooh, when your church has a VIP section, just close the doors, burn it down. Um, so, and they had a lot of security. Now they were so packed. They were like a nightclub. They had people lined up around the street corner every week for church. You, they filled to capacity and wouldn't let people in after a certain point. But also the VIP section was very, very strict. There was security for it. And that's, sorry, Matt. Sorry, Selena Gomez, who I really like in Murders, in (laughs) Only Murders in the Building. You can't, like, you don't get, you're at a church. No. It doesn't work that way. It certainly doesn't work that way. You do not get a special group if you tithe uh, to sell That's not how it works. Yeah. So now at Hillsong every week, there's a plethora of Instagram worthy moments that you can document. You can see how the church was able to cultivate a very public image and infiltrate the pop culture world with their followers who had so many followers of their own. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of where I'm going to leave it for now. That is the rise of hip. That is wow. Hillsong. That is amazing. I yeah. What do you know? Pretty crazy. Yeah. I'll read this last quote that I had here. People fell for it hard because they didn't want the authority or the rigidness of the previous church iterations. The love of that presentation, the casualness, the the youth, the, the new energy, not the old energy. The love of that presentation, unfortunately, allows one to overlook systems of accountability and structure, mm-hmm. the kind of safety nets that are required within institutions that wield so much power. So So fair and so true. Yes. Yep. Oh, sorry. Here's one last quote. And then I will stop giving quotes. In their desire to grow, Hillsong never stopped to think if they should grow. The whole point of church is to protect the people within. But what happened with Hillsong is that it got turned around. They, They were trying to just keep getting more and more people rather than remembering to take care of the people that were within their walls. So next Mm. week we will dive into the many downfalls and controversies surrounding Hillsong. And in between, we'll just listen to a lot of Hillsong music. Am I right, people? Am I right, party people? Turn it up. That's what I'm talking about. Top 10 charts, 2011 Mm -hmm. or whatever the hell it was. What? Hey, yes, reel it way back to when One Direction was still a thing and everybody <laughs> loved this Ocean song. Such um, a good song. 
It's a really good song. <laughs> if you haven't heard it, genuinely listen to it. If you think we're messing with you, listen to it and then tell us. Feel free to leave it in the form of a five-star review. Um, yeah, tell us that's our preference. how you feel about the song, negative or positive, but don't rate the song. You know, Rate the podcast and then let us know how you feel about the song. Just a little uh, very clever marketing on my part, kind of drawn from the bucket of maybe the Hillsong <laughs> marketing department, kind of a bait and switch nuanced mm-hmm. situation. I thought you would like that. Yeah. Guys. Um, I'm I'm going to go as far as to say that maybe maybe your bank account will change if you give us a five star review. Maybe you'll be blessed in some unforeseen way by obeying when mm-hmm. you feel moved to give us a five star review. Sister, Just thinking all out I loud. Know, all I know is that God told me mm-hmm. that those who give freely with an open hand will be duly rewarded. So tell me. Tell me, sister, what is the truth? What's the answer? I'm done. I'm done. That I just really needed to go. And all I know is that, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord. Oh, I'm just quoting verses I was forced to memorize. I don't think this applies. So we'll stop right there. Well, we can keep (laughs) going at length if you like. Let us know if that's a new Patreon angle you're interested in. Reading Bible verses. verses. Oh my God. (laughs) Or hear us out. Us just reciting Bible verses from pure memory to see who remembers what best. Um, The whole whole Bible beginning to end. Thoughts? (laughs) Who's to say? All right. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, Guys. Hopefully things get even better next week. They won't. Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) It gets worse from here. Come on back for the rest of Hillsong. 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 Namaste. Namaste. Spirit lead us. Hey, friends. If you are loving Coldside Join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. Rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings. Or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at CultsideJoin on the .com, the Facebook, and the Insta, and then hit us there with all your comments, discussions, and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb, and the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening, and happy culting!